Nonverbal Graffiti with Grant Cotter. Oh shit, he has a podcast. KFX. Cutty Fresh exclusive. What up? Welcome to another episode of Verbal Graffiti. It's me, Grant Cotter. Daddy's back. I was gone for a minute, but I didn't forget about you. I'm here, and I missed you. Did you miss me? Come on, be honest. You did? Aw, thank you so much. I've just been busy doing spots, filming shit. Did a bunch of videos for BuzzFeed, trying to get to that millennial audience, to that list-based crowd. Um, I shot a pilot for E!, which is pretty fun. We had some reshoots on that. I love the group of people I was working with. My fingers are crossed on that one. Had a sick show last night at Ohana down in Sunset Beach. Got pretty rowdy. Got some drunk ladies in the crowd. Women like to talk. Some people that look like they'd been day drinking all day and stayed for the show. That's like such a beach vibe. Whenever you see a man on a beach cruiser, you know it's bad news. There was like longboards stacked in front of the entrance like people had been like skating down the beach all day and were like now's about the time to like go have a sick pacifico and like oh there's a comedy show let's go stumble up on that and then probably yell some shit at the comedian because why not right but it was fun great show chase bernstein and asif ali I uh, felt bad for Asif having to go up after me because I had to fist fight my way through that fucking crowd. But shout out to the homie Wingy Tamara. Chris came in from Vegas to see the show. He's a badass and American hero. I hope your boss enjoyed the show. I hope I didn't offend him with whatever bullshit I was talking about. I did come up with something funny last night that is so true. It's like, I'm not going to get into politics. But politics just fucking divide the room instantly. And it's like so crazy that we have a president when you just say his name, like it infects the air, like it intoxicates the room. And like people who have just like a splash of ethnicity to him, like their assholes pucker up. And then just like the white people are like they just are like waiting to like spew some garbage fact that they're trying to regurgitate out at you. Just bad bad people the type of people i got following me after the show on instagram like their bios were like single christian republican it's like dude get out of here but i'm thankful you followed me i don't mean to sound like an asshole just a weird time that we live in a weird time i also want to thank everybody who came out to the hollywood improv last week fucking packed that bitch out Made your boy feel special AF. Such a fun show. Had a great time. And my homie Dave Merhej is a super funny comic. He's on the show Rami on Hulu. We just had a Netflix special. He was in town. I threw him on the show. It was sick. It's so cool to be able to just like kick it with your homies and have a good time. I'm so lucky I get to do comedy. It's, it's the literally the most fun thing. Like every night you're just like... You get to talk shit, be creative, be funny, hang out with your friends, see what they're doing, see what they're coming up with. It's it's so cool. I never thought 
Actually, I never knew what I thought that I would be. I kind of always thought I'd be like a rock star. I thought I'd be a sick dude in a band. And I would have these daydreams, like looking out the window. My mom would be driving me home from school as a kid. And I'd be like performing for like thousands of people. Like I was like a rock star. But I could never play an instrument. I was in, my friend had a band growing up. And they didn't let me in it because I couldn't play an instrument and I couldn't sing anything. And they're like, you can manage us. And I was like, I don't know about that. But they would let me introduce their band when they played. And one night at a school dance, I got to introduce the band. And I, I said, fuck you to somebody who was like yelling. And I got a big laugh. And that was kind of my first like, oh, shit. The microphone's powerful. The microphone is powerful. And they're listening to what I'm saying. But I guess I was funny before that because you win those awards in school. Like in eighth grade, I got best sense of humor. And then again in high school, I got best sense of humor. So it was always kind of funny. But I'm just so lucky I get to do this and thankful that I have rad people like you who like come to my shows and think I'm funny, who listen to what I say. Because nobody else fucking listens. I was on the phone with goddamn Delta for 45 minutes trying to get a credit back i missed a goddamn flight and they're not trying to give me any credit back so it's a struggle some people are really good at that my friend ali is like always writing letters and like hate tweeting to companies and getting so much free shit it's i can't do it i don't have it in me i try and the companies just ignore me i tried to do that yesterday i bought this shirt that i liked and i hit up the company i go sponsor me Give me shirts. And they just didn't even respond. I don't know what it is. I need that that boost. That just like that extra. That thing to just like bug people so much. Till you get what you want. You know. I tried to do that with Coffee Bean the other day. They fucked up my coffee. When I go to Coffee Bean. Give me iced coffee. Okay. I want coffee that was once hot. And now it's cold. Don't come at me with that fucking cold brew. And they gave me cold brew and I fucking was pissed because I was like on a good one. I was uh, I felt like I was on speed, you know, like and not in a good way. Not like that fun feeling of being on speed, but just like that uncontrolled, the bad feeling of being on speed. Like when the sun's coming up and you still got energy and you got to run to the liquor store so you can get like a 30 pack of Natty Ice because you only got 12 bucks. It's kind of like a feeling like that. So I tweeted to Coffee Bean and they just didn't give a fuck. Other comics were jumping in. Random people were jumping in and Coffee Bean was just like, we're not going to grace this with a response. Little bitch. I wanted to tell some stories today. Uh, I had some friends hit me up. Shout out to Narrow Beaks CEO and founder Morgan Boltinghouse. Because he listened to the podcast and he wanted to hear some Catalina stories. A lot of you guys know I grew up on Catalina Island, a small little island off the coast of Long Beach. And it was just full of characters. A lot of people think Catalina is like this beautiful, expensive vacation destination. And it is now. They put a lot of money into it and it's really revamped. But it was kind of like not hood when I lived there, but it just definitely what it isn't what it is now. And there's colorful characters. Whenever you tell people you're from Catalina, they it's the same conversation every time. Oh, my God, you're from Catalina? I didn't know people lived there. What was it like growing up there? Is there a school? It's like, yeah, bitch. 
You think it's like Lord of the Flies and they just fucking let us do whatever we want over there? Put us to work fucking cleaning glass bottom boats and bussing tables at shitty Italian restaurants? I mean, they did do that, but they also forced us to go to school. And the school was ghetto. Ghetto. That's how ghetto it was. Kindergarten to 12th grade, 600 kids. You're either in honors or English as a second language. There's no in-between, right? Because there's so many people who, you know, they could be undocumented. They could just, like, not speak English. And Catalina is, like, such a vast landscape where they're like, we don't need English. Like, just keep speaking Spanish. So it's, like, a great mix of white people and Mexicans. That's basically it. There's one black dude, and he was the security guy. Mr. Bragg. He was like, I don't know if it's a security guy, like the narc. He was like, he was the guy that like picked you up when you were in trouble and sat with you in detention. And like, he was the guy that was there at Saturday school. Mr. Bragg. It was wild, dude. I would just get in so much trouble. I had this one Spanish teacher, Miss Anderson, and she was fucked up. She couldn't even speak Spanish. She was like, of all the. The whole school is Mexican. Half the school speaks Spanish, but our Spanish teacher couldn't. And she was like 90% gums. You know when you see someone smile and their teeth are real little, but then their gums are just fucking dominating the facial space? Like, she had one of those smiles. And she was like an alcoholic. Like, we would go downtown, and she would just be sitting in front of the bar smoking cigarettes. Whenever a student would walk by, she'd try to throw the cigarette away like she wasn't smoking it. Like, there just happened to be a lit Benson and Hedges three feet away from her face. And she was fucking trouble. And I was in school with this kid, Spanky, right? Spanky, a.k.a. Clizzo. Spanky had a lot of nicknames, and his grandpa was like a realtor. Spanky would just steal cigarettes from his grandpa, Carlton 100s, and his grandpa kept them in the freezer. I don't know if that really keeps cigarettes fresh or not, but that's what fucking Big Clizzo did. He would steal them and we'd smoke them in the bathroom at school. We were bad kids. And I would just get in trouble with Spanky in Spanish class all the time. One time our teacher left the room. And we were on the second story, and there was this water pipe down the side of the building. You could kind of climb down easy. And she left the building, and I fucking crawled out the window, shimmied down the water pipe, and laid on the ground like I was dead and then she came back in the room and all the kids were looking out the window and she's like what happened and she looked out and just saw me laying on the ground and freaked the fuck out like screamed and then ran out and like called the teachers and stuff and then once I heard that commotion I climbed back up got into the window fucking went back in my seat she's down there the whole class is like dying laughing she comes back up into the room and I'm sitting in my desk she was pissed that was the first time I had to kick it with that dude Mr. Bragg Saturday school Saturday school, but he let me out early because he probably wanted to watch like a Laker game or some shit. I also feel like the teachers had like five jobs each. Like you weren't just a Spanish teacher. You were also like, oh, I also teach English and Spanish. I also am a PE teacher. It was very hard. We also had this other teacher, Miss Pappas, and Miss Pappas was like the one substitute teacher. She was just, like, floating around the school. So, like, if a teacher had to go, like, have a cigarette or they had the jitters because they hadn't had their drink by 11 a.m., so they fucking went to the bar real quick, Miss Pappas would come and fill in your class. And Miss Pappas always had this big-ass down jacket on, even the middle of fucking spring and 
and just like the heat wave she was wearing this big jacket she had a bad hair dye job like it looked like she dyed her hair like last year but hasn't gotten a touch up you know so the roots are like six inches of gray and the rest is this weird red color and miss pappas was just you could get away with anything with her so i went to the computer lab and i printed out all these posters that said happy birthday miss pappas and i fucking taped them up all around school everywhere every locker i could find every archway down the stairs up the stairs by the snack booth in front of the office and then everybody would just say happy birthday miss pappas happy birthday miss pappas but guess what it wasn't her fucking birthday that's the kind of comedy gold i was dishing out back in the early 2000s for free for my classmates and she hated it she was so mad she never found out who did it but then for the then till the rest of time everybody just always tells her happy birthday miss pappas happy birthday miss pappas she was wild that other teacher i was just talking about miss anderson with the gums there was this fishing tournament and she was all fucked up and she was on a boat and she was driving by my dad who was also driving a boat and she fucking flashed my dad and i saw her tits and they were not good and i was at an age when just like any tit was fun you know like if you saw a tit out in the wild like woo, boy buckle up you know you're getting half a chub on that one but i saw her tits and i was like ay dios mio like i spoke spanish i spoke spanish she didn't even teach me like it was just so scary and i saw her tits school in avalon was it was weird because you would see your teachers everywhere because half of them like they had kids that you hung out with so you'd go to their house did mushrooms at my math teacher's house wasn't it was like fine but it wasn't dope but i don't think anybody's school experience is dope because i also went to one year of high school in san diego for ninth grade and that was wild because my math teacher, Miss Hansen, she was a fucking psychopath, 1000%. And I remember she called my mom in for a parent teacher meeting because I had this like math notebook. And I was like, I thought I was a tagger. I thought I was a little graffiti writer. Okay. And I fucking, I don't even know what I wrote, but it was in graffiti style writing. And she called my mom in to have a fucking consultation because I was at risk. It's like, bitch, teach me pre-algebra first, okay? Teach me, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Don't be worried about what I'm doing in my free time. Worry about what I'm doing in your class. And so she called my mom and my mom's all pissed. She thinks I'm in a gang at this point. Then I'm in the meeting with them and there's this other kid, his name was Bob. That's always a red flag, too. If your name, if you people are calling you Bob before, like, 35, like, you're going to be fucked up. You're going to sell cars down the line, okay? This dude, Bob, I don't know what he's doing now. He's probably, like, a volunteer firefighter because he couldn't cut it as, like, a regular firefighter. So he's just like, yeah, like, if you need somebody, I'm here. Pick me. Pick me. But this dude, Bob, he had a notebook, and he had fucking pictures of people shooting guns. And bullets. He drew little bullets, little fucking dots. 
And I was like, what's wrong with this? And then my mom's like, yeah, what's wrong with this? This kid's obviously at risk. Why are you bringing me down here? I'm missing Oprah to fucking come talk to you. She's like, well, I'll call his parents. Anyways, that teacher, Miss Hansen, she would bring her daughter in all the time, this little girl, Bree. And Bree was like, she was in fifth grade when I was in ninth grade. And she was like, you know, a little kid, but we'd fuck with her in class, you know, and we'd always like ask dumb questions and like talk about her daughter and whatever. Just this girl that I knew, the math teacher's daughter. Flash forward 10 years later, I'm watching fucking Dateline and I hear the name Brie Hansen. I go, I know someone named Brie Hansen. That little girl killed her fucking stepdad, that teacher, her husband. And I knew her as a kid and she fucking murdered her stepdad and she's in jail and they showed all this footage of her and she grew up to be a fat girl. I don't know if it's jail that makes you fat when you're eating all those honey buns and trading everything for fucking top ramen and scoops of coffee. Calories can fucking catch up on you. You know, people say you go to jail and you get buff, but that's only if you're really working out hard. You know, you're doing burpees in your cell by yourself. Other than that, you're just laying down eating cinnamon rolls all day. Ugh. It seems jail seems like a middle schooler's kind of fucking vibe, you know, like, dude, you just get to eat candy and top ramen and chips all day and drink soda and watch TV. Cool. No, it would get boring after a while. I don't know if I already told my jail story on the podcast. I went once. It wasn't cool. Definitely do not want to go back. I have one homie, Tristan, who went to jail for four years, and he would write me letters in there, and they were the funniest fucking things ever. If I can find one of his letters, I will read it, because he broke down like what jail was like and who he was kicking it with. But Tristan's like a fun, outgoing guy, so like I'm sure he made the best of it, but four years is a long time. He came back. He started to try to use big words. He didn't know what they meant. Cause he was in there just reading books on business. He like thought he was going to come out of jail and be Mark Cuban. So he's like, you know, what we got to do is we got to strategize the philosophies of the analytics of the situation. And I'm like, yeah, but what do you want to eat? Like talk in a normal fucking way. Don't give me this jail talk. It's scary to be incarcerated for that long. It's fucking business. They're just making money off people in jail here left and right. I watched this YouTube video on secret jails you don't know exists. Like, dude, I don't know any jails that exist. I know Theo Lacey in Orange County because I had a friend in there. I know Huntington Beach Jail because that's where I went for a night. And then, like, L.A. County Jail, I guess, because I've heard it and stuff. I don't know about jails, but it's a business. Oh, that dude, Sheriff Joe Arpaio in, in Arizona, Tent City. I know about that jail. He made everybody wear pink because he thought it made the criminals emasculated. But really, they just look stylish as fuck. And he found out how to feed the criminals for 23 cents a day, saving taxpayers' money. But if you looked at the food he was feeding them, it looked like cat food. It was like some concoction, just add water, stir it, and it like gives you the vitamins and nutrients you need to be pissed off in jail in the heat. <laughs> I just hiccuped. I hiccuped. What was I talking about again? Oh, yeah, Catalina stories. I get sidetracked, you guys. I'm sorry I'm not perfect. 
but some wild Catalina. Just uh, everybody in Catalina is a fucking character. Like there is this one dude, Bigotes, and Bigotes always holds a special place in my heart because we were shitty kids. All we did was skate around town all fucking day and like harass people and eat hot dogs and smoke cigarettes behind bushes and do kickflips. But this dude, Bigotes, was like a homeless guy who came to Catalina and he lived above the skate park. We would see him come out of the bushes all the time and he would hang out with this dude named Lightbulb. Okay, so Bigotes means like mustache in Spanish, and this guy had a big mustache. He was a skinny tweaker dude who wore a big oversized Chargers starter jacket. And his friend Lightbulb was like a fucking tweaker dude. Okay, so two tweaker guys living up in the bushes above the skate park. So one day we saw them leave, so we're like, we're going to go up and see where they live. And they kind of had like a little doomsday prepper type situation. They had like a big blue tarp and like sleeping bags, and then too many stuffed animals like a questionable number of stuffed animals to be like okay um like are you getting this piece by piece are you like breaking into people's houses and stealing a stuffed animal as a memento like did you win a bunch of shit at the arcade one night and like wanted to decorate your fort with of course we found you know ripped pages of playboy where we saw like half of a hairy vagina from the 60s we all looked at that and got real excited Anyways, we would see this dude Bigotes downtown, and we would just fuck with him. And we would just yell. We'd drive by in a golf cart and go, Bigotes! Bigotes! And it started to piss this guy off because he doesn't know. He's like, why do these little white kids know who I am, and why do they keep fucking with me? So my one friend, Noah, I don't know how it started. It fucked with him, like, real hard. But, like, this dude Bigotes pulled a maglite flashlight out of his jacket. You know those big cop flashlights that weigh, like, 10 pounds? fucking just swung it at noah like so hard noah was able to dodge it but then when bigotes missed it he tried to do a kick and i'll just never forget like the swinging of the flashlight mixed with like the mid-air kick of this like skinny tweaker in a jacket that's too big and it was wild and i wonder what happened to him i always wonder what happened to these like legends these people were straight up legends in my life legends in my childhood and I wonder where they're at now. And that fool light bulb probably died. His name was light bulb because he would steal the light bulbs out of the front of people's houses to smoke speed. And everybody on Catalina has a nickname. Nobody is like called their name, you know. So I was ne nobody. My friends never call me Grant. They always call me Cotter. Like no. When I hear somebody yell Cotter, like I know they're from Catalina. Because nobody calls me Grant. So, dude, we had... of Okay, so then there's the legendary tweakers. We got Bigotes, Lightbulb. There was Masatone. That means pot in Spanish. I don't know why they called him that. There was Carnal. Carnal was like... he had Maybe he had like neck cancer back in the day. And he had a big-ass chunk of his neck. And he would always wear a hairnet. And he would sit downtown on this stage with a boombox... Then there's this other legend, Falbo, and Falbo was like 23 banging high school chicks wearing Jinko pants and a wife beater. And like you could always tell it was him walking from a mile away because his pants were always falling down. And he was always like trying to hold them up, you know, the Cholo combination of like Converse and super baggy pants. Like, I don't know who started that, but it's not very efficient for the walking scenario you know because the pants are dragging under the shoes you need a belt it's, it's a whole deal that's an even funnier concept that there were cholos on catalina 
like how did they do that you know catalina has some wild animals there's foxes and foxes got there back in the indian days the native american days because they like floated over on like pieces of wood or trash and then they just inhabited the island and now there's a population of them like is that what happened with the cholos like cholos floated over on some like trash from san pedro and now they're just in catalina it's a question that deserves some sort of like ecological and socio-economical study that i think i could do a thesis paper on and probably get a bachelor's degree is that a good degree to have a master's degree that's how dumb i am i don't even know like the levels of college oh well but everybody had nicknames you know all my homies there was chip douglas right that's my homie rick because he fucking got drunk at lunch during school one time and fell in front of my friend pablo's house and chipped his tooth all right there's my friend bernie little b he was just bernie you know because he just burned all the time and smoked weed there was Noah Cut. That was his name. So many just like, I miss my friends. It's hard when you get older and you kind of just all disconnect. And the only way you really stay in contact is like by liking each other's Instagram pics. One Catalina legend was this scary dude named Royal. And Royal was the skate park attendant. And Royal was fucked up. All right. Like, I don't know what happened to him back in the day. But he was a Harry Krishna which I'm not really sure what they are. They're like at the airport banging tambourines from time to time. And this dude wore like faded light pink baggy robes, right? And he was like real fat and he was bald and had fucked up teeth and had these little tiny glasses, kind of like that guy, Andrew Zimmern from who eats all the wild shit on the travel channel. And he was bald, but had a little bit of hair in the back and in the back he tied on dreadlocks the dreadlocks were his in like the eighties when his hair could be like that. And then time wasn't nice to him. He went bald, but he's like, I want to keep these around. So I'm just going to tie them to my regular hair. And this dude for sure was out there like molesting kids. He had this little kid that we'll just call him Kurt. And he convinced his kid Kirk that he was his uncle. So Kirk would be at the skate park sitting on Royal's lap. And we we're like, this is fucking weird, dude. This is sketchy. And he would show him porn. And Royal always carried around this photo of him in the 70s when he was a bodybuilder. And like he would show you, like, this is what I used to look like. And it's like, dude, nobody gives a fuck. All right. You're trying to make us wear helmets in a skate park. We don't care about anything you have to say. And like, get that kid off your lap. That's suspect as fuck. And you're showing him porn. We should have reported him. I don't know what happened to him. Catalina is just fucking wild. Everybody on Catalina starts drinking when they're 12 because there's nothing else to do. You're just out in the bushes stealing Bud Light from your parents and fucking getting wasted. But there is one Catalina Island legend that I think he actually deserves his own episode, his own podcast. And I talked to him. He said he would do it, but I'm like a little hesitant. He's like hard to track down. He's a squirrely guy, but I'm, I'll give you guys kind of the cliff notes version of my friend Chava, AKA Stooch, AKA Saltatini. I first met Stooch when I was in, I must've been in fifth grade. So Chava, no, I must've been in sixth grade. Cause I was with my friend Morgan 
and I was in sixth grade. Morgan must have been in seventh or eighth grade. And Chava, I believe, is a year younger than me. So we're at Coney Island, the local hot dog stand. All right. We got our skateboards, fucking probably World Industries Flame Boy deck, you know, doing heel flips by the sidewalk, living it up, being badasses on a tropical island. And then Chava rolls up soaking wet, like straight from the beach, dripping with water. And he's got a black eye. And he asked Morgan for money. And Morgan's like, okay, so Chava bought French fries, right? And he's like, he's like, well, how'd you get the black eyes? Like, I can't talk about it right now. And then as he's saying that, a cop car drives by real quick. We're like, all right, what's going on here? Then Chava fucking gets the fries to go and then runs back towards the beach. Because Chava had done something bad in the day and the cops were looking for him. And he was hiding at the dinghy dock, this little dock where you tie up all the boats, you know, and walk up to shore. Underneath the dock, there's like these air pockets. So you can swim under there and breathe like underwater and nobody can see you. This fool Chava did some shit in the day and hid from the cops under the dinghy dock all fucking day. And he's in fifth grade. And he just bought French fries and is somehow taking the French fries underwater to eat them in the air pocket, eating wet, salty fries. And that was my first interaction with him. I was like, fuck yeah. Flash forward a couple years later when I moved to Catalina Island, Chava is like, Chava was wild. He was like good at kind of everything. He was really good at BMX biking. He'd go on the half pipe with his bike. He could jump anything. He was just this crazy fucking dude. Like anything you, you told him to do, he would do. Like Chava climbed to the top of the telephone wire and lick it. He'd be like, all right, for sure. And he would climb up. So then we get a little older. Then Chava is like kind of gets into... Remember Travis Barker had this clothing company called like Famous Stars and Straps and they had that big F logo. Chava got real into that and then got like heavily tattooed like a mix of Famous Stars and Straps and then just like Cholo tats, you know, like low rider kind of imagery, you know, clowns crying, you know, naked chicks, but like their hands are covered because those are hard to do. And the tattoo artist he got it from didn't do all his studying. So Chava got blasted with fucking tats. Then Chava goes through like a real hardcore cholo phase, right? Where he's like kind of scary. Like you see him and you just like you say hi, but you don't kick it with him because he's got on the brown dickies. He's got the bandana on, you know, the flannel. Like he was like fucking intimidating, like blood in, blood out status. That phase passed a little bit. Then he went back to like Travis Barker, you know, like wore a lot of rings and and had the the famous stars and straps belt buckle and then he was kind of cool again to like kick it with then we got a little older and i think it might have been the first year after high school you know a lot of us had moved off the island uh chava stayed and got a job working at like the sanitation plant he would like sort trash and that's like first of all the fact that he did that just like makes me not recycle at all because what the fuck am i doing with four trash cans recycling shit when they're just doing it at the trash plant anyways who gives a fuck if i throw a bunch of papers and a plastic bottle in one trash bag if it's going to go to the trash plant and then somebody's going to take the bottle out and recycle it for me anyways bullshit it's a conspiracy don't do it anyways trava became a trash sorter outer guy so one day he's up there he's sorting the trash you know i imagine it's like on a conveyor belt or something. And he's just like, you know, this goes in this pile. This goes in that pile. 
and he picks up a medicine bottle and he shakes it and he hears something and like any cool kid he's like oh there could be drugs maybe i came up and he opens it and it was a homemade bomb and it blew his fucking hand off blew his hand off from a medicine bottle bomb like it didn't blow his whole hand off it blew one two three four fingers off three fingers off yeah three fingers off so now he has seven fingers and it was all because this shitty kid casey had been going got the anarchist cookbook and thought he was a little fucking i don't know what he thought he was but he made little bombs and put them all over the island it was like an epidemic. People were searching, like, don't open this. Don't go there. Like, anything suspicious, report it. And they found, like, two more. And then that kid, Casey, fucking jet, left the island, like, stole someone's boat in the middle of the night and took off. And then he was missing for a long time. And poor Chava is now kind of handless. But I don't know how it happened. Like, maybe he sued or maybe he got a settlement. That's unsure. But he came up on a grip of money real quick so then chava started balling out and then like just like anybody would do when something traumatic happens and you lose a hand and get a lot of money you become a dj so chava got like dj equipment like five macbook pros he bought three golf carts he bought like five cadillac cars not like new ones, but like old ones that like maybe looked cool. Maybe they ran, maybe they didn't. This was in a time of like MySpace. So we just saw the photos. I never saw the cars in real life. Could have been a hoax. Maybe he was flexing before flexing was a flex, you know. He started DJing, right? It became DJ7 because now he has seven fingers. So like, oh, okay, there's truth to your name. So he bought like a brand new golf cart, pimped it out put a laptop on his golf cart and then would blast music like Mexican cumbia music. We'd go out drinking out in the bushes and then you'd fucking hear him coming a mile away, just blasting that shit. Then he started making his own songs, right? His own mixes of things. But I, nobody ever really taught him what to do. Nobody was like, and I don't think he watched a YouTube video how to do it. He just kind of figured it out. So like a lot of his songs are just by garage band, you know, just like okay yeah like we'll add this drum and this and this and and i'll rap but his rapping is like very interesting in the fact that it's not really rapping it's just repeating himself repeating himself is he repeating himself he's repeating himself he's repeating himself he's repeating himself and like to that is you know he did make me a grant cotter theme song though which maybe i'll add to this episode because i don't think there's any copyright to it because he made it so Maybe I can give you a little snippet of the Grant Cotter theme song at the end of this episode. So he's becoming a DJ. He's he's killing the game. Uh, that dude, Casey, who fucking made the bomb, is on the lam. He's running somewhere. We don't know where he is. Flash forward a couple years later, I'm like, you know, at this point, I'm probably like 22. I'm like a shitty kid, and we're drinking at some party. And that fucking kid, Casey, is there, and he looks twacked out somewhere in, like, Fountain Valley, California. He's twacked the fuck out. He's got a gallon Ziploc bag full of meth. He's busting out. And my other homie fucking 24. We call him 24 because he never slept. He's just doing drugs all the time. 24 is there. And I'm with my homie Pablo. And they're trying to convince us that we should smoke meth. Like, it's fun. And his exact words are, it's not as bad as you think. And we're in, like, some cracked out fucking house with this other dude who's got a bandage around his arm 
because the night before he threw a knife in the roof and forgot about it. And then the knife fell down and sliced his fucking arm. So like, this is the quality of people I was hanging out with at this age. And they're telling us meth's not that bad. And we're like, get the fuck out of here. So I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he's not. Who knows? But Chava, Chava gets, it gets wilder with him. So then flash forward a couple years later, I don't know. Maybe he chilled out on the DJing. Maybe he ran out of money. I don't know, but he's back on Catalina. He gets arrested for something and is like pissed off. They put him in the back of the cop car. And I don't know if maybe he weaseled his way out of the handcuffs, you know, cause he doesn't have like all the fingers. Like maybe his hand is easier to slide out now, like some weird Houdini shit, but he busts out of the handcuffs. He kicks through the back window of the cop car and then fucking escapes. He's on the run. Nobody knows where Chava is. I think I know where he was. I think he probably was hiding back under the dinghy docks or something, but he's missing for a couple days. And there's only three cops on Catalina. So it's like, it's not like a search party of investigative forces are out there like looking for you night and day. Like they're just like, he'll show up. We'll see him again. But he didn't. I think he, he got away for a while. Then Chava was pissed. Whatever the cops did to him, he was upset. So he went down to the police station and threw a brick through the fucking window of the cop station and then got arrested again. And then it gets hazy. Then I'm not really sure. Also, I'm not 100% sure on all the facts in my story. I'm just like giving you like the general consensus of like what people have told me, what I have heard. So I can't like say it's 100% fact. So then it, it does get hazy. It's like, Maybe he got deported because he would post on Instagram and he's like, dude, I'm DJing. But he would be at like it looked like some sort of Mexican swap meet with just like three people and a chicken in the background. I go, who are you DJing for, dude? But at least you're living your dream, man. Keep going. Keep killing it. And it looks like judging by Instagram that he is back in the Los Angeles metro area. He is in L.A. County. And I need to find out how, and I need to find out why. I know why, because he's going to be the world's greatest DJ, especially after you hear the Grant Carter theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, stand up. Give your undivided attention to the one and only infamous all the way from Catalina Island to Hollywood. You are chilling in the building with Mr. Grant, 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 Grant Carter. You are chilling in the building with Mr. Grant Carter. Definition of Grant Carter is sex, party, rock and roll, weed, comic central, and birth control. Yeah, Mr. Carter, Mr. Mr. Carter, chilling in the building with Mr. Young Carter. Mr. Carter lets me know sex is good, sex is fine, doggy style or just a 69, just for the fun of getting paid, everybody loves getting laid. He also lets me know sex is like pizza, when it's good it's very good, when it's bad it's still pretty good. That's the kind of motherfucker that can entertain me anytime in the hood. So you see, Grant Carter's fucking good, fucking funny. Lots of people fucking pay their money. And if you think that's fucking funny, then go fuck yourself and save yourself some money. I need to get him on the podcast and really get to the bottom of this. Are you guys interested in Chava's story? Would you like to hear an in-depth interview with Saltatini? with stooge with chavez perez let me know 
DM me and let me know if you want to get to the bottom of the Chavez story because I will make it happen. I will drive my ass down to the Long Beach area and fucking podcast with Chava. He's a fucking wild dude. But he seems to be doing well. Well, everybody's doing well on Instagram, right? Nobody's ever posting like, boo-hoo, sad as me. Instagram's just all inspiration and all how dope you are. Sometimes I just want to like be real on Instagram, but it's hard. It's hard. You can't just be like, oh, I'm depressed and I can't get out of bed today. Because then that will only get two likes and then you'll get even more depressed about it. But it's a struggle that we all live. It's a struggle that we all face. It's a struggle. Uh, So I'm going to get to the bottom of that. I'm going to get Chava on the podcast. I'm also going to get social media superstar. I don't know if I call him a superstar. Social media sensation. This dude, Hard Rock Nick, has agreed to do my podcast. So look him up at Hard Rock Nick. And if you've got any questions for him, hit me up. I will be sure to ask them. I'm going to try to get that done in the next week. I got the Long Beach Laugh Factory this Sunday. And then Monday night, I fly to New York. Tuesday, I'm at Caroline's on Broadway in New York City at 8 o'clock. Then at 8.45, I'm at Stand Up New York with TJ Miller. Tuesday, the 21st, 8 o'clock, Stand Up New York with TJ Miller. Wednesday. Stand Up New York, 8 o'clock with T.J. Miller. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. Then from New York, I come back. I'm at the Tahoe Improv, August 28th to September 1st. And then September 2nd, I'm back headlining the Hollywood Improv. So if you're in L.A. and you want to come spend your Labor Day Monday with me, come to the Hollywood Improv. I will bring you a burnt hamburger I cooked myself. I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to me rant like a fucking crazy man on this one. I appreciate it. I love connecting with you guys. I love your feedback. If you guys haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Rate it five stars and leave a comment. I don't know. Maybe that matters. I don't know. Rate it five stars. Leave it a comment. Keep DMing me. Follow me on Instagram at Grant Cotter and come to a show you guys are so cool can't wait for you to hear these upcoming interviews and i love you have a great day don't smoke crack peace young cutter let's a bitch know that a peach is a peach and a plum is a plum and a kiss ain't a kiss without some fucking tongue so please bitch open your mouth and close your eyes and give that motherfucking tongue some exercise yeah I'm about to school all you rookies, so listen up, cause I'm only saying this shit fucking once. Listen, love is a name, sex is a game. Forget the fucking name and play the fucking game. Because sex is good and sex is so fine. Doggy style or just plain 69, yeah. Young Cotter is a sensation when you're reaching a temptation. Make sure you're looking up his location to follow the destination. Do you understand the explanation or do you need a fucking demonstration? And I say this kind of shit just because me and people.
people suck and nice people swallow. So fuck it, go ahead and have a sweet dream with your motherfucking pillow. Hey, FX. Cutty Fresh exclusive. Palapanye.